Welcome to the sixth episode of the Hardwired Hockey Podcast, featuring your hosts Tyler Krosik and I'm Matthew Sheridan. Today we're going to be covering all the NHL action happening the past few days, including JT Miller and his unavailability due to COVID, Canucks rookie Niels Hoglander and how he may impact Vancouver, Dylan Larkin being named Detroit's captain, Evander Kane and his troubles lately, some game reactions and notes, as well as a breakdown of the Florida Panthers and some interesting news about them. So Tyler, how are you doing today? I am good. Sadly, school's coming up, so getting ready for that. But otherwise, good. The NHL's back, so can't complain, really. That's good. Well, you were one of the lucky ones because you didn't start on a Friday, so. Yeah. But we'll go right into it. Um, so with Miller and with him being announced that he has COVID, uh, there's an announcement that came out, I think, yesterday that he might be available for Vancouver Canucks game Wednesday. But in his absence, uh, Niels Hoglander, the rookie from Sweden, um, has came in and played uh, wonderfully with uh, Bo Horvat. So um, what, are, what are your thoughts on hearing the JT Miller and the COVID thing and how Niels Hoglander has affected the, the Canucks so far? Um, I, I mean, it's only, I think he was supposed to be out for the first four games or whatever. So I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But um it hurts the Canucks a little bit because I'm pretty sure he was their leader in points last year with 72 points. Um, so obviously it hurts a little bit, but it's the first game they had no problem scoring. They won what five, two or something like that against the Oilers. Um, and then Hoglander scored his first goal, which was awesome. Uh, I'm a big Hoglander fan. Uh, I think he can be really good um, with, uh, with the Canucks and hopefully he'll get a lot of power play time. He'll probably be what power play two. Uh, when Miller gets back. Um, I, I haven't watched any Canucks teams yet, so I can't really say how he's been playing, but a goal in your first game is, is always good. So, uh, you know, uh, what do you think of that Miller, Hoglander, all that? Yeah. Um, yeah, of course, like you mentioned, Miller was a great acquisition. Um, a lot of people were bashing uh, Jim Benning for going out and trading a first-round pick for JT Miller, but last season he proved that he was one of the most valuable players, and he's an integral part of the Canucks lineup. So. Losing him for the first four games is not a, is something that's not ideal. Uh, losing one of your best players is never something that fans or the team wants to hear. But I think Niels Hoglander has played really well. Uh, watching him in Sweden, he he was amazing. He didn't. He's um, what's surprising to me. I watched the first Canucks game is the fact that he's getting more of an opportunity in the in the NHL than he ever did in the Swedish Hockey League. So that's interesting to see. Um, he played really well. Uh, he was going to the net. Uh, of course, that's how he scored his first goal. Just hopping on a rebound. And uh, he looks good. Great skater. Um, thinks the game well. I think he's going to be an integral part of the Canucks lineup for a long time. And yeah, it's exciting to see. Uh, I think even with Ottawa performing last night the way they did and Toronto kind of being a complete crap show, it'll be interesting to see because the only question was Ottawa. And now if they're a good team, then every team has a chance to win this division. So it'll be interesting to see how they play. Vancouver's got a strong team, but I think um, it's gonna be it's gonna be a great show, and I'm excited. I'm just glad NHL hockey's back. Exactly. Um, so yeah, moving on, we'll go to Detroit. Uh, it's been a long time since Detroit's played um, some hockey, and they and then they got uh, handled by the uh, Carolina Panthers. I think they had 12 shots in total. So it'll be interesting to see how they can uh, kind of rebound from that game. But one of the big news of the week, and uh, something that's made a lot of Detroit hockey fans happy, is Dylan Arkin being named their 37th camp captain in franchise history. So when you heard the news, what did you think, Tyler? Um, I think he was the clear choice. Um, and I think he was a little bit overdue. If I'm not mistaken, he's from Michigan as well. So it's like the perfect fit. 
Um, he he's the leader in their their rebuild, which has been like. Um, and when the Red Wings transition to contention, um, he's going to be obviously a key piece for for the Wings to get back to their their glory days of of being good for forever. Um, and he's he's only 24, 24 years old, so he's still young, still got a lot of hockey ahead of him. Um, career high seventy three points, and once uh, Lucas Raymond and and all that jazz come up and help him out. Uh, I think Detroit could be a great team. So Larkin as their leader, um, I thought was a great choice. What do you think of the captaincy? Like you said, I think it's a perfect choice. Um, I think it's the first uh, Michigander to ever be named Detroit captain. So that was interesting to see. Of course, growing up in Michigan, that was his favorite team. So I think it's come full circle for him being named the, the captain of the franchise. And you could just tell it's like, They've had a long line of great captains from like Ted Lindsay and um, then you got Nick Lidstrom and then you had Henrik Zetterberg and Henrik Zetterberg kind of took him under his wing when he was a, a rookie and stuff. So he's kind of learning how to become the captain. I don't think anyone, um, like you said, I think it was the perfect choice. I don't think anyone else was expected to be named captain. It was probably the only obvious choice. And yeah, I think he's, He's a great player. Um, he's definitely an integral part of this uh, future. Like you mentioned, when Lucas Raymond and those guys get here, he's definitely going to be the leader. And uh, I think they've got a bright future ahead of them. There might be a few more painful years where they're not playing too well. But um, as if heading into the 2020s, it's, it's going to be interesting to see because Detroit's going to be a heck of a team for sure. Yeah. Another interesting thing that was named, what uh, that came up this week was Evander Kane uh, filed for bankruptcy. Uh, a lot of people might have heard with the whole Evander Kane wanting to fight the, one of the Paul brothers and stuff like that. And everyone was like, why would he want to do that? But it was an interesting, kind of an interesting topic in the offseason. And now it comes out that he filed for bankruptcy. So it kind of made sense. But we won't get into that. Um, but what, what, what did you think, Tyler, of the news that um, he uh, filed for bankruptcy and uh, that he wasted $1.1 million in gambling over the past few years? Yeah, I, I put I put a lot of thought into this because I think this whole situation is really stupid. Um, so he's twenty six point eight million dollars in debt. Not that it's important how much, um, but he's had gambling problems his whole career, even back in Buffalo. I'm pretty sure. Um, and to be honest, some things I just don't think need to be reported, and I think this is one of these things. Um, like filing for bankruptcy, although I can't like obviously relate. Um, it's got to be embarrassing. And for the whole, for all of North America to know that, um, that really sucks for, for Kane. Um, and like in first semester of our classes, uh, last semester, obviously, um, we learned about like ethics and all that stuff in journalism and stuff. And I just think this is just one of the things that you don't need to report on. Like not everyone needs to know this. Um, I mean, it's, a, it's, I don't know. It's dramatic. Um, I just think there's a line that needs to be drawn on how much you dig into an NHL player's life. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just, it gets me angry. Um, and then he said he wasn't going to play because it's his kid, I think. And then Bob Bugner said they were, he was going to play and all this stuff. I don't know. It's just a stupid situation, but he played well in his first game, if I'm not mistaken, and got a couple points. So. Um, it's good to see him on the ice still. Um, hopefully you can get out of that. Yeah. What did, what did you think of that whole situation? I was exactly what you think. Um, 
like you mentioned, I don't think it's necessary to report on everything. Uh, I have in my notes the exact same thing. It's, it must be embarrassing for Vander Kane. It's not, it's not something fun that you have to go through bankruptcy and then everyone needs to know about it. But he's fresh off of a seven years, uh, $49 million contract. So hopefully he can get himself out of it, kind of mm-hmm. fix up his ways. And uh, he looked great. Um, in the first game against the, with the Sharks, he, I think he put up two or three points. Um, he was, his vision was incredible. He was going to the net, potted a few goals, I think. And uh, yeah, he looked really good. So I hope, hopefully, um, although this is a still a fresh wound and uh, it's going to be remembered for a long time because of his off-ice antics, I think if yeah. everyone can move past this and kind of, he's a great hockey player. So if everyone can kind of move past this and put this behind him, I think it'll be good because uh, no one ever wants to do this. Uh, I also think, um, sorry, um, I was just going to say, I think this year he could have a huge year just because he's like, I don't know, he might be angry and, and, and just want to prove people that he's still a good player. Cause some people, some people don't think he's that good anymore, but I still think he's a top player in the NHL. Not maybe not top 10, obviously, but I still think he's a great player in the NHL. So I think this year could be big for him just to prove that he still got it and, uh, to earn the 7 million that he's making every year. I was just going to point out another interesting thing was the whole situation with Jack Johnson a few years ago with how his parents screwed him over out of his money. So he was kind of not making anything. So every, every time he gets a contract, I feel, I feel bad for him because I kind of want him to get out of that, um, that hole that his parents caused him. But at the same time, it's like Jack Johnson's not a great hockey player. So it's a bit of a mixed emotion for me. I want him to make some money, although he is a millionaire, but that was another situation because it's it's still talked about today, and that happened I think a few years ago when he was still playing in Columbus. So, it's always something that's interesting to see. And uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I don't think that needs to be um, front front line news and uh, like the score and stuff like that. I don't think that's necessary. So, um, with that being said, um, we'll move on to the Florida Panthers, your favorite team. Um, there's been. Uh, a lot of rumors this past week with, uh, of course, um, Alexander Barkov. A lot of teams are calling on him. Um, Keith Yandel potentially um, not playing. Uh, it was mentioned today that he was practicing with the main group, but um, it's yet to be seen if he'll make his debut. And so, Tyler, what did you think of kind of those rumors? And then we'll kind of head into what you think, that, how the Panthers will look this upcoming season. Um, okay. First of all, the Barkov rumors, baloney. All baloney. Um, I heard um, through Twitter yesterday, I think it was some analysts or whatever, they were saying when the rumors came out, like the TSN insiders were talking about it, apparently Bill Zito went right up to Barkov um, like that hour or that night or whatever and said, it's all bull crap. Um, I, I'm pretty, like Barkov's been there for like eight years. He's, he's not leaving. Well, he will be at the end of his contract. will be there for eight years. He's their captain. He's not leaving. Like, there's no way. If he does, I'll cry myself asleep for a week. Um, I just think there's absolutely no chance that he leaves and that they will sign him. I know they have enough money to sign him, too, because they structured their cap really well. Um, same as Huberto, who's a free agent the year after Barkov. Um, if, if I'm, just a little prediction, if I'm Bill Zito, I'm signing Barkov to Dry Saddles 8.5. And I'm signing Huberto to a million more at 9.5. Um, the the term, uh, I'm not sure what I'd sign them to yet. Uh, depends how this year goes, maybe. Um, but all that Barkov crap is just crap. It's just crap. 
And then as for Yandel, um, we'll get your thoughts on the Barkov situation too. Uh, as for Yandel, um, uh, Keith Yandel has been good for the Panthers um, offensively. Defensively, not so much. Um, he's kind of regressed. Um, but I think his 6.3 million is too much. Um, the, the younger defenseman we have can do just the same thing he can with like five million less dollars. Um, he's not a top pairing, top four defender. I don't think he is. Uh, his Ironman streak, like nice. Um, I found a tweet today that I thought was really accurate. Um, and it was, if the Florida Panthers play Yandel tomorrow, be tomorrow because of his absurd moral compass argument that you need to keep his Ironman streak alive, it will only continue their narrative that Florida has no winning culture and Ironman streak doesn't win you a Stanley Cup. And I completely agree. Yes, he has an 866 game consecutive game started streak. Um, but like, if you're, if it's not going to help the team win, why start him? Um, and I just, I just think the Panthers need to trade him. Um, I hope they trade him today so he can play tomorrow somewhere. Um, maybe apparently Boston's the one team that that's a fit and the only team that really could use him. Um, I, I don't care where he goes. I just want him to keep playing. Um, just not with Florida. I don't know. What do you think of those rumors? Yeah. With Barkov, I was definitely surprised. Like you mentioned, he's been there eight years. He's their captain. Um, Although some people could look and point to say that Florida doesn't draw a lot of fans and stuff. I think that's a bit baloney. I've heard he loves to play there. Um, he's an integral part of their future, like I've mentioned, with a lot of players in this podcast so far. Um, and, yeah, it's, it was – honest to God, I was, I was recording other podcasts when I first saw the rumor on Twitter, and I was like, man, this, this would, like, create ripples through the, the entire Florida Panthers organization if your captain is going to be traded. He's got a great contract right now, although he has kind of fallen off a bit. Maybe you could argue in the past few years just because um, I'll look up his points. I'll just pull up. Um, he's a lot of people say he's still really um, like he's an elite defender. Um, I don't think that's the case, but he's still a great, great player. Um, he had. Yeah, so I guess you could argue. Um, he put up 96 points in 82 games in 2018-19, and he did fall off a bit last season. He only put up 62 and 66. But like I mentioned, he's still an absolute great player. Um, I think he does get a lot of – he's kind of underrated just because of the fact that he does play in Florida and it's not the biggest market. But um, another thing we were talking about on the other one as well is he'd be the perfect mentor for Anton Lundell. Um, he's grown up idolizing him. Uh, Lundell plays a similar game to him. Um, He's going to be ready in the next few years. So I think it would, it would hurt the Panthers organization to lose him as well. Uh, lose Barkov um, from like, from a, from a, like a playmaking stance right now. And then in the future as well, because he's a great leader. Um, I don't agree with anything that's been said. Um, I really want Barkov to stay in Florida. Um, I think he's a great play player alongside Jonathan Huberto. So I think it'd be a best case scenario. Like you mentioned, it'll be interesting to see how much he gets. I think he does get, He's going to get a significant raise. Um, what's his cap at like now? Like something, five point something. 5.35 so, or something. Yeah, five point, yeah. So it's a steal right now. So um, he's going to get a lot more money, but I think the Florida Panthers are in good situation uh, cap wise. And uh, yeah, I just, like I said before, it's, it's, it's really surprising. And uh, I, it would be a very different Florida Panthers team if they were to lose Barkov. And yeah, yeah moving on to Yandel. 
Um, yeah, that, that's another situation that's kind of crazy. Um, I do get the point where they're arguing that it's like, it's really cool how it's 800 plus games that he's played and he's been healthy that entire time. But at the same time, like you mentioned, it's not about keeping that streak. It's about you winning and you moving forward as a team. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter about one player. If you're making one player's streak and more important than your entire team, and like you said, that does not harbor a winning environment. He's still a great player. I mean, in 2018-19, he put up 62 points as a defenseman. And last season, he put up 45 points. So he's still a great player. Um, he's 34. So it'll be, and he signed through 2022-23. So um, it's a bit of a steep cap hit. It's $6.35 million. But the way he's been playing lately, it's I'd say it's worth it. Um, I think, like, it's um, the damage that's been caused in Florida is irreparable. So if, even if that's a word, I don't even know. It's... It's not repairable, so um, I think it, it will be interesting to see. Uh, I did see the Boston Bruins rumors. I think with Boston having a very weak defensive core right now, would be the end would be a perfect fit on that top pairing with uh, Charlie McAvoy. Um, it would help the Bruins' defense a lot, and it would help their cause for the playoffs. Um, it must hurt that they lost Tori Krug and uh, Zdeno Chara, but getting someone like Keith Yandel would uh, definitely help them a lot. Um, but yeah. Uh, now we'll kind of head towards the the breakdown of the Panthers. What what do you think? How and how do you think they'll compete this year? Um, just add a note. Uh, you're talking about Barkov's points. Apparently, last year he played uh, three quarters of the year with a wrist injury. Um, that's why he didn't do as well. Um, I don't know. I don't know how severe, but just something to note. Um, getting to the Panthers tomorrow's the opener. I'm very excited to watch Panthers hockey again. The one Canadian probably that watches the Panthers. Um, so a couple notes before I get into their line combinations, um, right now, this is not a deep playoff team. And I know that, uh, even if Hornquist and Wenberg have amazing years, um, we'd get out to the lightning in the first round or however the, the playoffs are structured, we'd get out first round because we're likely going to be the fourth seed in the central if we make it. Um, so my first thing right now is they need to add something right now. I have to watch them to see what they need. Um, but I, I'm going to assume it's a defenseman. I think our offense is going to be really good. Um, I think Tippett's going to be a lot better than people think. Um, so the only, the only way I can see a deep playoff run without a trade is Bob plays ridiculous and Tippett scores a ridiculous amount of goals while everyone else stays the regular pace. Another thing here is uh, Grigory Denisenko needs to see the NHL this year. Um, I think he's ready. Uh, and I think holding him back for another year would be a mistake. Uh, so looking at their lines here, um, right now what they're running with um, and what they ran with at the end of camp is Carter Verhage, Barkov, and Duclair on the first line. This line actually interests me a lot because Duclair's quick. Barkov is smart. Uh, when he plays. And I haven't seen much of Verhage yet, but he played in Tampa. They won a cup, so I assume he's he's not bad. Um, I, I know he's he didn't get that many points last year, but if I'm not mistaken, he barely played like 10, 15 minutes. Um, so first line with, with Alexander Barkov should do him well. Um, I, I think he had a nice camp from what I read over Twitter. Uh, Hornquist didn't do much in camp. I think he was injured for the start or something, travel, something. Who knows, COVID, who knows. Um, Wenberg, I think he could be really, really good on the Panthers. Um, I like Wenberg's game. 
he's he's a great playmaker when he's when he's playing well. Uh, he had a bad year last year, but um, playing with Jonathan Huberto on his left wing, which is their second line, Huberto, Wenberg, Hornquist. Um, right now, that's their second line. We'll see what Quenville runs with on opening night tomorrow. But um, Huberto, one of the best players in the game. Um, playing with Wenberg, I think they could be a really, really elite duo. Um, and then with Hornquist being a net presence and getting, getting dirty, um, I think could be really, really good for that line. So I love our top six. I think our top six is is elite. Um, I think, you know, our division's pretty good, but I think the Panthers can fight in this division. Uh, an opening night loss to the Chicago Blackhawks, who have looked pretty bad in their first two games, would be awful. Um, but, you know, it's the Panthers. When have they not disappointed me? Um, line three, Frankie, Frankie Vitrano. I love Frank Vitrano. Um, I love the way he plays, and he's playing with Owen Tippett and Itu Luostarin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, I love. I also love this line. Like I love the lines they're running with right now. Um, with Luostarin at center, um, I know he had a great camp. I watched. I watched some of his. Um, his uh, there, there was a scrimmage, and I watched his his play and the way he was playing, he was, he was getting passes across, finding open ice, finding Tippett, um, which is going to be important for the Panthers uh, this year. I think Tippett's the, the X factor in the Panthers this year. Um, Owen Tippett is an elite scorer. And I think with, with uh, some other quick guys, he needs quick partners to, um, to perform. So I think Vitrano and Tippett are going to be really good line mates, because uh, Vitrano also likes to get dirty. Um, I, I think that would be, that could be a really good bottom six line uh, if Tippett plays to the best of his ability. And it'll be nice to see what Lewis Darinen does, because um, I think he was a great acquisition last season. Um, and then fourth line, always love, love, love Noel Chari, 20-goal scorer last year, which surprised the hell out of me. Um, Brett Connolly. Um, it, it'd be nice to see him score a couple more goals this year. Last year was a little disappointing. Uh, and then Vinny Henestrosa from uh, Arizona, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think this could be a good line. I know Henestrosa is like 5'9". He's really small. Um, so usually Achari's fourth line was like Dryden Hunt, Achari, and Skeevier or whatever. Skeevier. Um, so they were a bit of a, a, a gritty line. Um, so I think this year they're a little more wimpy. but um, I think this this team could score a lot, and Noel Chari um, will be a big part of the Panthers' intimidation factor. And then we got the defense. Uyghur Ekblad, I think, is one of the most elite pairings in the NHL, or will be. Um, last year, they were so, so good together, um, and I love that. Uh, I think Ekblad takes a huge step this year, as he'll be on the first unit with uh, Yandel not really going to play much if he stays with the Panthers. Um, I think Ekblad takes a huge jump, and I actually predicted him as my Norris winner, which is bold. I understand that's bold, um, but I just think he's going to take that big of a jump with a steady partner for once. Uh, second line, we have Strawman and Stillman. Um, Strawman's he's fallen off hard. Um, I, I like I like his game. He plays a decent defensive game. It's better than Mike Matheson, I'll say that. Um, and as the first couple of games I watched, I watched Pittsburgh play in their first game against Philly. They were dog, dog poop. 
Matson was bad. He was really, really bad. He caused the first two goals. Um, the first one, he tied someone up. He was supposed to tie someone up in front, didn't get there. And the second one was a penalty that he clearly caused on purpose. And it was a terrible penalty like Matson usually does because he sucks when he injured Pedersen. That's, that's when I started to hate Mike Matson. Uh, Stillman I haven't seen much of. He didn't play much last year. But uh, clearly Quenville likes him if he's putting him on the second pair. So I, I trust Quenville with my soul. Um, I, I, I loved when we signed him. Um, and then the third pair, I love Radko Gudas. I've loved him for the past three years. Um, all the way all the way back to then he was Washington. I think he was Philly as well. I loved him everywhere he was just because he's such he's such an ass. Like, I'll just say it. Like, I don't want to be playing against Radko Gudas. He gets in front of the puck no matter who's shooting it. Um, he'll knock your teeth out if he touches goalie, which is something we haven't had in Florida. That's something Mike Matson should have done because I don't care if he gets hurt. Just kidding. I, I don't want anybody to get hurt. But I hate Mike Matson. Um, Gustav Forsling, um, I also haven't watched much of him. But uh, like I said, if Quenville trusts these guys, then I do too. Um, and anyone playing with Gudas should have – should have um, – must have a good two-way game because Gudas plays a really defensive game um, with blocking shots, getting hits, getting dirty. Um, so I love that. And then in net, we have Chris Dreiger starting the year because Bob was – something was up with Bob. I don't know what was going on there. But uh, I, I also – I loved Chris Dreiger. Um, I loved him last year. He was amazing. Um, and then Montembeau, I know, is backing up Dreiger tomorrow. Um, I wrote an article with the hockey writers on Montembeau. I think he – he could be really good. I just don't think he'll be good in Florida because we have so much goaltending depth. Um, and then, yeah, so when Bob comes back, if he doesn't have a good year, I'll cry myself asleep for a week. Just like, uh, yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so Matt, if you want to give me your thoughts on the Panthers, go ahead. Yeah, um, I mean, you covered everything. This is your team. You clearly know it a lot, but uh, I'll start off with the forwards. I think Duclair was a nice addition. You've got to replace uh, Hoffman and Bad Knobs. Goal, goal scoring any way you can. Duclair um, is uh, atrocious defensively, but he has been known to put the puck in the back of the net. He had a pretty decent year with the Ottawa Senators. Barkov's your number one C. Um, great player, captain of the team, like we just talked about. Um, Going to put up, I think he's, like you mentioned, I completely forgot about the wrist injury. So I think um, he'll, pro he'll definitely put up um, more points than I think he did at it like a more a, he's going to put up more points per game um, than he did last season um, I think Carter Hagee is an interesting experiment if I were Quenville I'd I'd love to see Jonathan Hubert on the first line I think that that could rival um, the top line in the league but I think it's it's good to expand your depth like Edmonton does with McDavid and drives out not putting them on one line um, I think I have her Hagee stats up uh, he's like he absolutely dominated the AHL two seasons ago, 82 points, in 76 games. And then he played 52 games with the Lightning last year at 13 points. And then he had two assists in heat playoff games. So I think it's the Lightning didn't really value him as much as um, other teams would. And I think he's going to be a nice addition to the uh, Florida Panthers. Uh, he's 6-1. I think he's, he was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs. So I've always liked him, but um I think he's going to be a solid addition to the Florida Panthers lineup. Um, like I said, I wouldn't put him on the first line, but it'll be interesting to see how he will, he'll do there. Um, Patrick Hornquist, again, amazing trade by uh, Bill Zito, trading, acquiring Hornquist for Mike Matheson. 
I mean, it'll be interesting. Although he is getting old, he's still a, a pretty good goal scorer and a guy who can um, make his presence felt in the lineup. Um, Alexander Wenberg is pretty much a reclamation project. He didn't look the best with Columbus. And now that Bill Zito has moved on from the Columbus Blue Jackets, he clearly, clearly still, like, still likes what he sees with uh, Alexander Wenberg. So I think it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's going to get a ton of ice time, second line center. So it'll be interesting to see. And I think it'll be a, a good dynamic that he's playing with Jonathan Huberto. Um, if I can recall that Huberto put up 92 points last season, was one of the best players in the league. So I think if you've got him on your line, um, it's a recipe for success. Um, third line, I really like Frank Vetrano. I've liked him ever since he was on Boston. I think he provides a, a great um, two-way game. I think he's got pretty good vision. Um, not afraid to go to the net. Uh, E2 Sterainen will be interesting. Um, I'm being perfectly honest. I haven't really followed him much over the past few years, but um, looking at his stats, second round pick out of the, from the Panthers in 2017. He's six foot three, so he's a big body. He had 15 points in 17 games in the Liga um, this past season. So it'll be, in, and he had 25 points in 44 games with the Charlotte Checkers last year. So I think it's a solid acquisition by the Panthers. Um, throw him in as the three C. See what he does. He's still really young, 22 years old. Um, yeah, I, I like that move. And then, of course, I love Owen Tippett ever since he's been um, playing in the OHL. He scored a ridiculous amount of goals with the Mississauga Steelheads. A lot of people were questioning his defensive game. Um, his offensive game was always there. But I think he's kind of um, made um, steps in the right direction for his uh, defensive game. And I think he's a more well-rounded player. I think the AHL really paid off for him. And, uh, I, I definitely do think it's his time to play in the NHL. I don't think he has anything left to prove in the AHL. So yeah, that's that's a guy that's definitely going to provide much needed goals for uh, the Florida Panthers. And then the the fourth line, um, look, I'm looking at cap friendly. Uh, is it cap friendly? I know daily faceoffs lineup. Um, it was interesting. You said Vinny Hinnestrosa, which is a, a much better um, player than they have slotted in right now in Ryan Lombard. Uh, I think Hinnestrosa is a great. He played decently well, I think, with Arizona. So that'll be a, a decent. Um, Fourth line left wing, Nolachari, like you mentioned, 20 goal scorer, um, surprised a lot of people last year. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to him moving up in the lineup. I think he could provide a lot better um, value if he was playing with better players. But again, fourth line center, you can't ask for much more from him. And Brett Connolly as well. Um, he was decent on Washington, and then he came over here and he played well. So another guy that's um, – I really like your fourth line. It's, it's, um, it plays with yeah, – they've got a lot of speed. They've got a lot of skill. Um, they're not afraid to be physical. So that's exactly what you want in your fourth line. Uh, it's no longer just dump and chase and be physical. They can score, like as, a, as I just mentioned with Nolachari. So I think I really like your forward lineup. Although, like I mentioned before, Dadnov and Hoffman leaving is a, a bit of a, a stinger for a lot of Florida Panthers fans. But you guys made some nice acquisitions in Duclair and Weinberg and Hornquist that I think will kind of make up for it. And then the defensive pairing is going to be very interesting. Um, I've loved Mackenzie Beeger. I was really bummed that they couldn't, the Toronto Maple Leafs couldn't acquire him. Um, he's a great defenseman. And I think, if I'm being perfectly honest, I think Aaron Eckblad is criminally underrated. Um, playing with the Florida Panthers, I know he hasn't gotten a lot of the, the spotlight if he was playing in a bigger market. Um, but yeah, I, I don't, it's, it's tough to say. Um, he's, he's signed to $7.5 million through 2024-25. It's just the way he moves the puck and um, the way he plays on the, uh, the power play, um, he can take over the game in, a, in any of the three zones. So 
He had 41 points in 67 games last year. If he was playing in a bigger market, that would have been um, frontline news so or front page news. So um, I know I'm kind of playing into Tyler's um, happiness right now, or like I guess you could say I'm making him happy because he loves Aaron Ekblad. But I'm not just saying that for him. I think he's a great defenseman. Um, and I think he's the true number one defenseman that the Florida Panthers need. And uh, I think he takes a next step in his game because of the fact that Yandel's probably not going to see a lot of playing time this, this season. And then um, Riley Stillman. Um, I loved him on the Oshawa Generals. I, I thought he was a great player. I mean, playing in the NHL is a, a whole different ballpark than, from playing the OHL, but I think he's got um, decent playmaking abilities. He sees the ice well. He's a decent skater. Um, I don't think he's going to put up much, uh, many points in the NHL, but I think he's a I would not. I, I would think if I were kind of in my perfect lineup, he'd be on the third defensive pairing. But I can't argue with uh, Quenville, one of the greatest coaches of all time. Um, Anton Stroman's a bit of a mixed bag of results for me. Um, I used to really like him on the Leafs. I thought he was great in his first few seasons in Tampa. But I think it's a bit of a steep cap hit to pay for him. That's why the Lightning let him walk. Um, like you mentioned, he's falling off a bit. So. I don't think he's, he'll, have, he'll provide much value offensively, but I still think he can make a difference. Um, Radko Gudis, um, I was incredibly sad to see him not sign with the Toronto Maple Leafs because there was, I think they had a contract agreement in place. And then, of course, I was surprised to hear that he signed, but he did get more money to go to the Florida Panthers. So, yeah, he's a, he's a big pain in the ass to play against. Um, he's very physical. He's not afraid to fight. And that was something that I was looking forward to on our defense. Radko Gudis is, in my opinion, a better player than Zach Bogosian. So uh, it would have been nice to have him on the Leafs decor, but what can you do about it? Um, he's going to provide much needed physicality for this team. I still think he can chip in offensively every once in a while. And then uh, the last defenseman, Gustav Forsling, was just claimed off of waivers by the Panthers. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see how he plays. Marcus Mudavar is currently listed as day-to-day. Yeah, I think he'll, if he could, he's, he's been given an opportunity to play in the NHL right now, and I think he better make the best of it because at this point, he hasn't made yeah. much of a difference in the NHL. And uh, yeah, I think, what are, your, what are your thoughts on Noah Juleson? Do you think he could see some time this year? I, I really hope so. Um, I, I, like, I know he had bad luck in Montreal with all the injuries and stuff, but if he's a former first-round pick, so that means he has upside. So it was a really... Um, I think it was a really smart idea by Zito. Um, it's a low-risk, um, high-reward situation. Um, worst comes to worst, you let him walk. Um, I think he's only got one year on his deal anyway. Um, so, I don't know. I, I hope he sees time, but we'll see what happens with Stillman and Forsling um, and the rest of the team with injuries and everything. Uh, so, hopefully he does see some time this year. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, and then with the goaltending, uh, it'll be interesting to see, I think, like you mentioned, uh, the Florida Panthers have some of the best goaltending depth in the entire league, and it's not close. I mean, Bob's contract hurts at $10 million. No one's going to dispute that. He wasn't that good last season, and every Florida Panthers fan hopes he can rebound. But that's not to take away from the fact that he's won a Vezina in his career, and he has been proven to play great hockey. So if he can find that, um, that form again, then you've got a great goaltender in net. Um, and then you've got Chris Rieger, who was underrated. He played great last season. I think he's 30 years old, so he's a very late bloomer. But 
someone who can definitely provide some decent goaltending until Bob comes back. And then, like you mentioned, Sam Montembeau is going to back him up. Um, I truly believe the Florida Panthers are going to end up trading him just because of the fact that Bob's contract is still for six years. And then you've got Spencer Knight waiting at the helm. He's the future starter in net. You've got Devin Levi, who seventh-round pick, but looked absolutely incredible in the, with Canada and World Juniors. So I think he could rival for some playing time. I think the future pairing in net is Knight as the starter and Levi as the backup. And you couldn't ask for more. Um, I, I'm, I'm extremely jealous of the Florida Panthers, uh, considering the Leafs have been absolutely terrible developing goalie prospects over the past 10-plus years. The only goalie I think that they, they've they've developed other than trading to Karras to the Boston Bruins is uh, James Reimer. So it's definitely hurt. But yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see with the Florida Panthers. Um, I, I don't mind them as a team. Um, I hope for your sake that they do make the playoffs, but yeah, just moving forward. Um, I guess we'll talk about the waivers. Um, a lot of players were claimed, Noah Juleson being one of them. So what were your kind of your reactions to seeing that many players on waivers and some of them ending up being claimed? Um, I don't know. It was, it, yeah, it was a lot. Um, I think it was, it's like a record or whatever. Um, oh, and just to note, uh, Dragger's only 26, by the way. It's not 30. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah. my bad. Still, still is a little bit of a late bloomer. He made his debut at 25 in the NHL, but uh, he got a shutout in his debut against Nashville. 3 nothing win. I remember that. Yeah, for some reason, I always thought he was older than he is, but... Yeah, he, he looks old. He, he does. Yeah. He's got a cool mask, too. He's got a Mandalorian mask. It looks super cool. Anyway, um, yeah, there's a lot of waivers. Um, nothing too too big um, surprised me. Um, I just think teams um, have to be careful with uh, who they have on the roster this year because COVID and everything. Uh, and if you lose someone, you better have a good replacement because with COVID, like, they can't come back until however many negative tests or, or whatever. Um, and like I said, I think Juleson was a great pickup for the Panthers. Um, uh, and to see Perry go on waivers, he went on waivers, I believe, right? Um, to see him on waivers surprised me a little bit. Um, but he's on the taxi squad for Montreal. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, nothing really, no big ones came out of nowhere. I know Troy Grosnick got picked up by Edmonton today because Smith's on the LTIR. Um, so that was interesting. Hopefully he can – I've always liked Troy Grosnick, but he's never really played well in the NHL. I don't even think he's played that much. Um, but I think he had like a 9-20 in the AHL last year. So hopefully he can he can bring that into the NHL this year. What, what did you – what are your thoughts on the waivers so far? Yeah, um, kind of two things. Uh, one of the interesting ones was uh, goalie Anton Forsberg placed on waivers by – the Edmonton Oilers, and then he was claimed by Carolina, and then there was the whole story that he's staying in Canada because he's not figured to get any playing time with Carolina, and then he got picked up by Winnipeg. So, I think it's an interesting kind of an interesting um, deal. Edmonton did place a claim to get him back because of Smith being placed on LTIR, but because Winnipeg was um, behind them, I think in the standings in 2019-20, they got the claim before the Edmonton Oilers. So, uh, I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, like you mentioned, not a lot of players, not a lot of headline players were placed on waivers. I think one of the interesting things and a great decision by the Leafs was not placing Aaron Dell on waivers because he would have been snatched up in an absolute heartbeat. Um, it would have been a complete waste of a million dollars for us. Uh, the way Anderson played, I think he's had below 800 save percentage in the two games he's played so far this season. He does not look good. Nor does the defense, but that's a story for another day. Um, but I think it's 
if Campbell plays well. And I, I don't think, I know it would be a bit far fetched to put Anderson on, uh, to keep Anderson as that flurry goaltender. But if Campbell plays well, and uh, you might see Dell get some playing time. But yeah, Anderson's looked shaky at the start. And uh, I just want the best goaltending in net. So if that means that Anderson's not playing, then so be it. If Campbell and Dell can play well and win a few games for us, then that's all I want. But yeah, I think, like you mentioned, it was I think it was a record for the amount of players being placed on waivers. And uh, it would definitely, it's an interesting dynamic for sure because of the fact that they have taxi squads and stuff. So it's a different year for sure with the pandemic and uh, you'll see a lot of players probably getting placed on waivers, um, go back to their taxi squads and other teams picking them up. So it'll be a complete gong show throughout this season. But I guess the last thing on our um, agenda today is any reactions to games that have already happened. Um, was there any games that you watched that kind of stood out to you? Any, anything you wanted to talk about? Um, there's just a couple notes here. Number one, you just mentioned it. The least goaltending is scaring me. Um, although I don't like the Leafs um, as like a hockey fan, uh, I still, you know, I still think they're a good team. Um, so seeing Freddie struggle in both games, I watched uh, both the first two games, a little bit of Ottawa last night. Um, in Montreal, he, he looked scared and scrambling um, like a freaking egg, um, like all over the net uh, against Montreal. And then last night against Ottawa, he was just bad. Um, Matt Murray, by the way, I thought he played great. Um, I thought Matt Murray looked incredible. Um, and I think that's a really underrated acquisition this year um, is Matt Murray. I think he can get his form back and be really good for Ottawa. Uh, next year, uh, Buffalo is still not good. Um, they got crushed in their first game by the Caps. And then, well, in most the majority of the game, I think the score was pretty close. Um, and then they were better in game two, but the Cavs backup really stole the game for them. Uh, I forget his name, uh, but he's their backup since Lundqvist went down. Um, and then another one here is also about a goalie. Tristan Jerry has not convinced me that he's number one goalie. Um, six goals in his first game of the year and then did not look sharp um, in game two and was pulled. Um, I, I just think he's not as good as people think, although he was great last year. Um, it's a different Penguins team now. They have Mike Matheson on the team. You got to be wary of that. Uh, and Cody CC, what a pairing. And then uh, I watched the Rangers first game. They got clobbered. Um, but when when I was watching, when Lafreniere had the puck, he he looked calm and he carried the puck with confidence, which I thought was really really nice. Um, he he had a lot of good um, zone entries um, where he would, you know, control the play. Um, cycling the puck around even it wasn't even a power play this guy was still looking like he was dominating the ice which is what I expect from Lafreniere hopefully he has a big game tonight I think they're putting him on the right wing or trying him on right wing or something um to so he can play with Panarin um I, I forget where I read that but um I, that I think that could be interesting um uh, Shesterkin the Rangers rookie goalie did not look good in his in his opening start um he struggled um he looked a lot like Freddie's first game where he was just, uh, he was just all over the place kind of. So I think Gorgiev starts today. I hope he does anyway. I, I like Gorgiev. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how well the Rangers do. I know Tony D'Angelo got scratched. Um, I don't think he's that good of a defenseman. So I thought that was good. And then the Devils just scored and they're beating the Bruins now. Um, anyway, what did you think of the first couple games of the year? Yeah, 
Um, first thing I could go on a tangent about the Leafs all all year. It's, it's really <laughs> annoying as a fan that it's like every year it's like new team. Dubas went out and completely changed the the look of this team, and yet it's still defense doesn't look good. Goalies incredibly shaky, and it's like it's the same dynamic every season. You kind of get over the loss. It stings for the first month because you're like, damn, the Leafs haven't won a freaking playoff series since 2004. And then you kind of get geared up. You're like, yeah, I'm still a Leafs fan. Like, I'll, I'll never stop being a Leafs fan. And then you, the excitement builds for the season. And then the first game, yeah, we won. But it's like we had to score five goals and they scored four goals. And that did not look good. And then this past, uh, yeah, last night, because we're filming on a Saturday. So Friday night against the Senators, Louis looked terrible. Um, they gave up. It was, they were winning 2-1 at one point, and they were dominating. It looked like power play. They were just in their zone constantly. And it was, and then Anderson and the defense completely collapsed. And it's like they scored four unanswered goals. So it was. it's painful to watch. Um, it really, really is. I pray to God that Campbell can come in and provide some decent goaltending. I know... TJ Brody's still getting acclimated to the system. Morgan Riley's still getting used to playing with another defenseman. It'd be nice to kind of have him have a, a defense, a defenseman that's playing with him for a long time. So I hope TJ Brody can definitely address the system fast because I don't think it's fair to Riley that he's played with so many defensive partners and none of them have been remotely close to being good. So yeah, I hope Riley can take the next step in his game. A lot of people are hoping that he's a number one defenseman. Right now, it's not looking as if that's the case. He did put up 72 points, but um, there's a lot of things that um, is questionable about his game, especially on the defensive side of it. So we signed TJ Brody to kind of get that defensive help, but right now he's looking kind of lost. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I watched uh, both Edmonton-Vancouver games. Uh, the first game, Vancouver dominated. I think they looked really good. Like we talked about, Niels Hoglander looked good. Patterson made a few nice plays. Brock Besser was back being Brock Besser. Uh, Quinn Hughes was back to being Quinn Hughes. And then the second game, Edmonton, Connor McDavid scored a hat trick. So it was fun to watch. Connor McDavid is a special, special player. And truly will go down as, I think, one of the all-time greats. So it's a pleasure to watch him in his heyday. Dry is a great player as well. It was fun to watch them. Um... The other games, I watched Tampa a bit. Tampa dominated Chicago, so it wasn't much of a game. Uh, Tampa's, of course, the defending Stanley Cup champion. Chicago, starting Malcolm Subban, is not a great um, not a great place to be. So that wasn't a very interesting game. Um, I watched both St. Louis Blues and Colorado Avalanche games. St. Louis, again, interesting dynamic. The first game, they dominated the Avalanche, winning 4-1. to one. And then last night, the Avalanche come out and completely whooped their ass. Winning by a score of eight to nothing. So I think you kind of find the ladder. Um, I think the Avalanche are going to be a dominant team. I, I think they had to find their legs the first game. They didn't. And then they came out and kind of played their own game. Cannon looked impressive. Kazi looked impressive. McCarr looked absolutely incredible. So again, another interesting team to watch. Um, and I guess the last thing I'll touch on is I, the Devils looked decent. Um, they played the Bruins. I know the Bruins kind of lost a a few key players this offseason, but it's it'll be interesting to see. They haven't had Heath Shear yet. Uh, he's still injured. I think Jack Hughes looked decent in his first game. I hope he has a, a kind of a bounce back season because it was no one can uh, argue for the fact that he had a, a more than disappointing rookie season. I think he had 21 points. So yeah. it's good to see him back. 
I think Igor Shrangovich is going to be an interesting storyline, dominated the KHL in goal scoring. So, yeah, um, I think I could talk about the games all day, but I'll probably leave that there. And, yep. uh, yeah, that's uh, thank, we thank you for joining us this week. Um, follow us on Twitter at hockey underscore wired pod. Let us know what you think about the episode and reach out with any suggestions for topics as we'd love to talk to you about whatever you're wondering about from the hockey universe. Um, Tyler, where can people find you and uh, what do you have going on from the hockey writers and OTL? So like usual, you can find me at Prosic Tyler on Twitter or Tyler R. Prosic underscore on Instagram. Um, the hockey writers, I'll have an article coming out this week, um, maybe about something interesting of the opener with the Panthers. I'll see. I'll watch the game and see if I can find a story there. Um, uh, with over the line, lots of baseball stuff going to be coming out, hopefully, like I say every week. But, you know, the Jays continue to anger me and do nothing. The Yankees continue to piss me off. So, um, yeah. So, uh, Matt, what about you? Where can they find you? What do you got going on? Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at Sheridan, S-H-E-R-I-D-A-N underscore Matt, M-A-T. Um, I also have some things coming out with the hockey writers. Uh, this past week, I released the Alexander Barabanov article. I think he looked decent in his first few games. I'm kind of talking about what he brings to the lineup because I'm sure a lot of Leafs fans don't really know what he brings as he was playing over in Russia. But, yeah, make sure to check that out. And uh, draft coverage is coming soon. Um, I think we're releasing our first prospect profiles on March 1st. But we're doing a bit of research ahead of time. So um, starting going to start working on that soon. And, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. Uh, the Leafs are, uh, I think, a lot of storylines with the Leafs. So I, I might release a, an article coming up about the Leafs. I don't really know. I don't really have an idea yet, but that'll be interesting to watch. And then with FC Hockey, I've got reports coming out. I think another report will go out tomorrow. Um, I still have to watch a few minutes of film, but um, yeah, be sure to check that out as well. So uh, thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you next time.